Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Man, I don't have a straight-up answer for you. It, it really sucks. That's what I'll say. Uh, you know, I think that we prepare really well. I think we practice really well, and we got to find a way to, you know, start the game fast. And that was our main thing this week. And obviously, that didn't happen. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's hard to, you know, try to fix a problem when you don't know what the problem is. And so. I think for us, it's you know, got to dwell on this for 24 hours, and then we got to do what we got to do and move on and keep our head up, and that's including myself. So, yes, Mr. Peasley, it really does suck. The Cowboys are now 0-4 on the road, and those Mountain West title hopes are down the drain. Jared Newland, rough one in Sin City inside Allegiant Stadium. The Cowboys fall 34 to 14 to the Rebels in a must-win situation and wouldn't you know it, San Jose State wipes the floor with Fresno State on Saturday and the Air Force Falcons lose yet again. Just setting up the dominoes for the Cowboys potentially. Um that just added a little uh, little salt in the wound, did it not? Yeah, it was going to be a long shot anyway, but then, you know, the Wyoming game on Friday, then all those things happen on Saturday, and you're like, oh, what could have been? Like, just this weekend's games would have been that much more important for everybody involved. Yeah. And now, a couple are eliminated from that. Oddly, at the end of Craig Ball's press conference on Monday, he said, how about this Mountain West race? And it's like, too soon, Craig. Way too soon. Should be way too soon for you. Who cares about this Mountain West race now? Uh, Not me. Uh, I got to be honest with you, Jared. It hasn't been an easy week to get motivated, especially when you got this young basketball team playing really well. And, uh, you know, you're kind of having to shift gears a lot during this time of overlap for for me. And, um, uh, you know, the Cowboys are playing for pride now. Uh, You know, the the dangling carrot is no more. Um, However... Frank Crum and I talked on Monday as well, and he said, you know, we can go 7-0 and at home with a win over Hawaii. First time ever. First time ever. We can get over this ro- our road woes at Nevada in Reno in the finale and snap a six-game losing streak away from home. Then we can go in and win our bowl game, wherever that will be, and finish with nine wins, and that would be the first time since the 10-win season in 1996. Are those enough dangling carrots, though, to get this football team up after a just disastrous three of the last four weeks? The little mini bite-sized carrots. <laughs> yeah, the micro carrots that come on your uh, on your pie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's very, very tough because what could have been early on in the season, everything was going right. Then the Air Force game happens. Yep. And they play so well in the first half of that game. Yep. Had their opportunities. Falcons fumble a couple of times. Falcons were kind of showing their true colors all the way back then, weren't they? <laughs> they have turned into a turnover machine, and they are getting worked 
maybe it started with those two turnovers in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you I know, think really it did. got him got things going. And but Frank has it right though, especially as dedicated Wyoming fans and for these seniors and and for the guys coming back next year. It, it's important to go to a bowl game and to get those extra fifteen days of practice. Yep. And to experience something different that some of these, especially these young guys, haven't done. And think about the the transfers, you know, the the Asantes of the world, of coming from Holy Cross. He's never played in a bowl game before. Yeah, you know, very true. Thing, just things like that. So it, there, there's still a lot out there for them to achieve. And it starts with Hawaii and then Nevada and have that regular season of eight wins, and then hopefully go win that bowl game. And, and it would be nice too if if it's a bowl game. Say if it's a Frisco Bowl. I know we're getting way ahead of everything here, but it, having a bowl game in Texas is huge because there's you know just under 20 players from the state of Texas yep. in Wyoming, and Wyoming does use Texas as a recruiting ground, yep. as does every team. But it would be nice to have a game down there, and there's a nice little fan base in that Denver or that Dallas metro area, no question. And people would come from all over for that because it's centrally located and it's something different. Yeah. Oh, it'd be you know I'm pulling for that one. Yep. If it wasn't for the LA Bowl, I definitely want to go to the Metroplex. Um, I asked bluntly in Las Vegas, Andrew Peasley, why can this team not win away from Laramie, Wyoming? I pose the same question to you. What do you What do you think? Motivation has got to be part of it, but it can't be How? all on the coaches to motivate 18 to 22 year old kids. It just can't be. Yeah. They can only say so much and do so much preparation is part of it. I mean, you think back to the Boise game when Craig said, you know, we just didn't do a good job preparing and letting this team know what they were going to face today. How could you not? And that let's be real, that was a lame-ass excuse. Very. Yeah. Very. I mean, it, that was him not throwing his team under the bus. But after the game in Vegas, he said, hey, I fell on the sword after Boise. Those are grown men in there, and they need to take some responsibility. And I asked Peasley and Wyatt Whelan and Easton Gibbs, is it fair to have him put it back on you? They said, Absolutely. Well, I, you know, it's good for them for taking ownership then yeah. as well, you know. Yeah. But that first quarter against UNLV was as poor as it could have gone. And to have a chance to tie it right before halftime and yeah. be right back at that game 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. UNLV would be feeling pretty damn bad about themselves, Ooh. too, if that was a 21-21 game going into the break. And, yes, we have to talk about why Wyoming didn't take a timeout <laughs> when, the, when the interception was thrown by Peasley into the end zone or at the one-yard line. Why? Was there not a timeout taken? There's no reason to go up-tempo at that point. You have a timeout. You let him know everything that happens. If somebody's tackled and bounced, you have to get to the line and spike it so there's a field goal attempt. Yep. Or you, you take shots only to the sidelines or into the end zone or throw it away. That's, those are your options. That's it. Yeah. And he just made a poor throw. And we know that. How come they don't know that? And when you watch that throw, I don't know if you've actually sat back and watched that again. Peasley takes a snap. He looks to his left, and he stares down Wyatt Whelan that entire route. John Michael Gillenborg is all by himself at the three-yard line, just waiting for a dump. Middle of the field. Middle yep. of the field. He looked left the entire time, and he thought the safety was further back. But either way, Wyatt was covered. He was covered either way you cut the cake. And then you got a safety bracketing the play who just dove in and made the play. And that throw has to be to only where Wyatt can get it. So yeah. it's got to be that much further out, you know, to the left. Yes. As we're looking at it on TV. Yeah. So That was yep. an absolute killer. Oof. That was a killer. When Wyoming had all the momentum, they took it away that quick. And I remember right when that drive started, it started pretty deep in Wyoming territory. And I thought, 
well, here's Craig going to be happy to take a seven-point deficit into the break, and you know they're not going to do anything with this last minute and a half or whatever it was. They started going and going and big chunk plays, and next thing you know, they're inside UNLV's red zone with 20 seconds to go. Honestly, too, running the ball like that right up the middle to Sam Scott, the play before, like, why are you doing that anyway? I mean, it just is going to run the clock. So when you see a play like that transpire, you go, oh, they're going to blow the timeout. No. Instead, they hurried the line, and you saw what you saw. And, of course, we all know that Whaley didn't play the first quarter. Yeah. And to leave people in the dark on that and to blatantly lie yeah. about what was going on yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's on Craig and the staff mm-hmm. not taking ownership of what's going on and letting people know as well. Yeah, we had no idea. We asked every, you know, of course, I'm getting asked left and right, and I'm asking SIDs, and no clue, Yeah, allegedly, um, which we've grown used to, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, the positive of this, if you can take one, you look at Peasley's numbers, not great, 11 of 22, it's 50%, 144 yards when he usually has games like this the next game's pretty dang good so (laughs) that's the bright point of looking towards his senior day the rest of the seniors last home game and against an opponent that they could probably they should be able to move the ball up and down the field on should yes i just don't understand man you know i've asked myself this question and asked andrew peasley obviously uh bluntly why this team's 0-4 and he said if we knew the problem we would fix it and I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, how can you not be up for a must-win game at Boise and a must-win game at UNLV? And you spot them 21 points, and it was effortless by the Rebels. And Boise, let's be real, it was effortless all the way around for the other team. The Cowboys' defense not showing up. The offense not showing up. Special teams was dreadful again. Um, You know, and then, you know, we haven't even talked about that yet. Craig trots out John Hoyland. In the fourth quarter, trailing by 14 points with 10, 10 minutes to go to to attempt a 52-yard field goal? A guy who has the yips right now, to say the least, that he's put Hoyland in so many bad positions. Even if you make that kick, who cares? What are you doing? Yeah, you, you still, don't kick that. Then you'll that. have to score a touchdown and, go for two, and get the two-point conversion yeah, after that. You don't kick that. The only thing is I can think in Craig's mind is like, let's get him. He makes one of those. He's probably good for the rest of the season, you know, in his head. And it's indoors. There's no weather. Yeah. He should have, he should have been able to connect on that one. Well, and I asked Andrew Peasley because they always talk about how much ownership he has of this offense and how many, you know, he can call some plays and do some checks at the line and stuff like that. I asked Andrew after the game, do you go up to coach when they call something like that and they bring in the field goal unit and go, no, what are you doing? It's fourth and three. We're down by 14. There's 10 minutes to go. UNLV just got off an eight minute scoring drive. We're, we don't have many possessions left here. And he goes, nope, I don't get paid for that. That's not my job. Which I thought was kind of telling, too. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe he did go <laughs> up and say, what are we doing here? Uh, it was it was truly baffling. Uh, I remember watching it live thinking from the press box thinking, am I crazy here? What do, why is John Hoyland coming on the field right now? And what do you know? He misses the kick. UNLV has prime field position. Game over. It was just... It's it's just maddening. It's maddening. This team is way too good to be sleepwalking through these games. Must win opportunities on the road. It's just crazy to me. This team is way too good to be giving up 165 yards rushing to a UNLV team. Yeah. 
and and what they've done against other teams on the ground as well. Yeah, uh, they've been pretty dang good against the past in all reality. Mm-hmm. But teams now know that they can run against this defense, and a lot of it is these interior linemen are beat up. They're beat up bad. They are beat up, but there is there is, and there was supposed to be a lot of depth on this defense. Mm-hmm. And it's just that it's almost like the defensive calls, the offense knows they're coming type of a deal, or they're they're countering that they at the right times. It's just timing is is has been there all year for the opponent. Well, you mentioned before we came on that you know we don't have the bone bone facts in front of us, but the Cowboys go three and out a lot, and spread offenses. That's one of the knocks against the spread offense, right? Is you go three and out really quick. Cowboys maybe don't go out three three and out really quick, but they go three and out often. This defense has been on the field a lot. These the Cowboys just cannot sustain drives. And let's be real, we'll get into this a little bit more too. But once again, year ten, this passing offense is dreadful. And I asked myself a question, and maybe I'm crazy, and I'm talking out loud here in front of everyone. Jared, do you think it looks more balanced this year because the rushing attack hasn't been very good for the Cowboys as well? That could be part of it, and you know, certain games too. the The tight end has been involved in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and that I think that makes it look a little more balanced. Yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, but we were also talking about how many pass attempts have connected of like through the air of over twenty yards. Well, and you and I are having a hard time just thinking about one, maybe one or two at <laughs> top of our because. Yeah. You know, Asante's long touchdown um, was maybe caught five yards or at the line scrimmage, whatever it was, and yeah. he did the rest on his own pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's maybe a couple of the tight end, and that's it. That's it. That we can think of. Yep, and they've tried. We mentioned it. They've yep. tried. Uh, they had a deep one to Asante that was just a little underthrown in, in Vegas that could have changed the tide in that game as well. But. but we've talked about this before, too, on those type of attempts that are underthrown. Those receivers have to know that they have to fight through the defender. Draw it. And draw that hanky. Yep. They just don't do that. They don't. And this year is a year that I actually remember a couple of defensive pass interferences on the opponents. It's been a long time. I remember at the end of last year, we were. We, <laughs> I think we actually went through the stats yeah. behind, and there was one. one pass interference call. That's insane. Yeah. And Coach talks all the time, and he talked about it again this week. They got to be better about going up for some contested catches, but you got to be good at faking it too, man. Like, Asante needed to come back for that one and let the guy truck him. Think of Monday night, Bills-Broncos game. Mm-hmm. End of the game. Yeah. That was really a ticky-tack pass interference call, but the receiver sold it. Yep, sure did. So this week, Jared, uh, you know, I think all of us who cover the Cowboys have written this column. Um, is Craig Bull, Craig Bull has one year left on his contract. He has next year, and that's it. Um, he was point blank asked by my colleague Ryan Thorburn from the Casper Star Tribune, "Are you going to retire?" Um, there was no no, there was no yes, there was I'm out recruiting, I'm not sacking the bags, I'm I not puffing the pillow, commits. I got 14 commits, but there was not a yes or a no. Um, Craig Bowl back after this season, <laughs> putting me on the spot. Here. <laughs> I am going to go out on a limb and say no. Wow. I truly believe that 10 years was probably his goal. This is the 10th season. It's a huge goal as a college coach. And 
especially at a place that nobody's ever gone longer than nine, mm-hmm. like Wyoming. I, I just believe that even in today's age, I mean, yes, you get paid very handsomely to be a college coach, even at a, even at the Mountain West level. But it is such a headache right now. Yeah. I mean, you have the recruiting. You have the NIL. You have the transfer portal. Media obligations. You have media obligations, donor booster obligations, all this kind of stuff. And I just don't know if a lot of people are cut out for this position anymore. Rocky Long wasn't, and he was open about it. Well, I have a, a coworker from our Boise office who's a Boise State grad. He was here this week. We were just visiting about things, and, of course, Boise State's head position is open. And he was talking about, well, who do you think? And he goes, I think it's going to be Kellen Moore. And I was like, I don't no. think Kellen Moore is leaving the NFL no. because of what I just mentioned. He does, And plus, he's never recruited a day in his life. And his comment was, well, he doesn't have to recruit to Boise State. They're going to come because of him. I said, no, they aren't. No, they're not. If they have paychecks, they'll come you know, yeah. through NIL money and stuff like that. But I said, it's not that way. No. That's so. kind of that's somebody who's seeing it from the inside with well, blue and orange. Yeah, glasses. I gave him a lot of <laughs> yeah, guff over yeah. It. Let's hear what Craig Bull had to say. Um, this is him on being asked to re- if he's going to retire or not. You know, here's my point, and I've said it all along. I'm in a one and zero deal now. You know, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about the future of Cowboy football. Uh, every year at the end of the year, I kind of take I sit down with my wife and say where we're at and what we're doing. I know this is we got 14 commitments. I've been out recruiting. Uh, so it's not like I'm saying, hey, I'm sacking the bats and let's just puff the pillow. Uh, we're working like a steer out there like crazy. And so, um, you know, my main concern right now is the Hawaiian rainbows. So here's what my thoughts are. I don't know if he's coming back. Um, I would have thought he would have said, yes, yes, I want to come back. Um, yes, I want an extension. He's not going to go into next year as a lame duck head coach with no contract beyond next year unless he announces his retirement and says 2024 is it for me. And then the athletic department can do their due diligence, be looking for the next guy, all that stuff. We can all have a nice emotional goodbye, a whole year of goodbye to Craig Bull. Um, but what I see happening um, or what I think should happen, I should say. I don't know if it will. Um, you know Tom Berman better than I do. But in my opinion, Tom Berman and Craig Bowl will sit down like they always do after the season, and Tom will say, Craig, do you want to be back? And Craig's got – he's got a dangling carrot. <laughs> he's, uh, he's the highest-paid football coach in the conference. Um, I think he says, do you want to be back? And I think Craig Bowl says, yes, I want to be back. And he goes, okay, this is what I think Berman should do. Um, we want you back, too, and I'm willing to give you two, three years. You know, I like you. You know, I respect you. You know, you've brought this program back to respectability. You've been loyal. Uh, you've put guys in the NFL. You're graduating your guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. The offense has to change. It has to. It absolutely has to change. Um, am I saying personnel on that side of the ball should be fired? Maybe. Maybe. We saw Ken Dorsey get fired this week, did we not? We saw Penn State fire their offensive coordinator for only putting up 15 points against Michigan and 238 yards of total offense. How many times have we seen the Cowboys not reach either of those goals? Uh, That's not good enough for Penn State. You mentioned Andy Avalos already. He's 500 in year two and a half uh, at his alma mater where he was a great, great linebacker, a great player for that program. And great defensive coach. Yep. Not good enough. Uh, Goodbye. Not good enough. Um, Why is it okay for – 
Wyoming to keep doing this, and it's Boise State has bigger expectations. Let's be real. San Diego State, Brady Hoke is not retiring. He did not plan to retire. He still has three years remaining on a very lucrative contract. What the problem is, they have egg on their face because they screwed up with the Pac-12 this offseason, and they're not filling up a brand new stadium, and they're about to be not bowl eligible for the first time since 2009. Those are called having standards and high expectations. And being asked to step down. Yes. So it looks okay on your resume not being fired. Yes. So to me, Tom Berman needs to say, the offense needs to change. And whether that means hire somebody else, fire this guy, fire that guy, hire this guy. Craig has obviously, he tells us all the time he's not an offensive coach. There's obviously meddling. We see what Brent Vegan was the fall guy. Brent Vegan goes to Montana State. He's doing fine up there. He still runs the ball a lot, but he's do, having a lot of success. Huge game today against the Grizz. Yes, huge. And uh, But it clearly wasn't all Brent Vegan. Uh, he wasn't the, the sole problem that a lot of fans made him out to be. In my opinion, Craig is such a smart, bright defensive coach. Him and Savell together, focusing on that defense, new offensive guy and or Tim Polisek, this is your baby Cut my headset while we're on offense if but, you have to. But don't you think if if Tom and Craig did have that conversation that they need to bring in an offensive guy that might be the next person then? Yeah. If Craig were to step down yeah. one, two, three years down the yeah, road. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Jared. It's always hard for me, and I hate calling for people's jobs or yeah. saying this guy needs to be fired. I mean, these are guys I see face-to-face and get to know on a personal level. I don't wish for anybody to get fired, but sometimes it's the nature of the beast. They make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. So I don't. You know what I mean? Like, it's a big difference to say, hey, I want this guy with a kid who makes 40000 a year. I'm not saying I make 40000 a year, but you know what I mean? Like, nobody's rooting for that guy to get fired, but a guy who's making 250000 a year? And we all know this roster's not going to look the same as it does now, minus yep. the seniors come January. Yeah. There's a lot of things that always happen, and for the better or, or for the worse, whatever yep. it is. But this quarterback room is about as deep yep. as a yep. Wyoming a quarterback room ever has been. And so the future is bright there, no matter if four of them stay or two of them stay, whatever it is, it's still very, very good. Whaley has another year left. Sam Scott's back. Mm-hmm. Pharrell's back. No. Or, I mean, tight ends are back. I'm there. This this team is still. We hate saying it every year. It's young. Yeah, it really is. And there, it probably always will be. Yeah, there there are some key players yeah. that are you're going to be missing. And yes, Easton said he's not coming back, but who knows if that's really the case? Yeah, he might have the the next level evaluator saying, you know what, you do need one more year in college. Well, and right now it's it's crunch time, right? I mean, the the playoff is expanding to 12 teams next year. Uh, this conference alignments and the moving and all that stuff. Cowboys have potential here to be in a new version of a Pac-12 coming up here in a couple of years. It sounds like Washington State and Oregon State are about to be on board and merge with the Mountain West. And even in the interim, they're going to do a scheduling alliance mm-hmm. with the Mountain West. Exactly. So you're most likely, even though you may not see it now on a future schedule for Wyoming or um, you know with Oregon State or Washington State, you might see something get mixed around where one of those non-conference games turns into against one of those teams. Absolutely. It's time to make hay, and, it, and it's time to decide. You know, it's let's be real. It's been 10 years without a championship, and really it's been three decades without a championship, but it's been 10 years with a guy who came in here with three shiny rings on his fingers winning national titles. It has not happened. Uh, 
you know, in my column this week, I asked at the end, what will Craig Bowles' legacy be at Wyoming? And when you answer that, are you happy with your answer? Ponder that over the break as we take this quick commercial break. On the other side, we'll talk about Wyoming's opponent today, Hawaii. Get into a little bit more of uh, the -the off-the-field stuff that's getting ready to come our way. December is going to be a very busy month. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records. Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented in part by Wyolato. When the pokes win, you win too. Learn more at wyolato.com. I want to say thanks to those schools that had faith in me because I think a lot of times when I say faith in me, I think some schools are into this new flavor of the month and they're not going to give a coach an opportunity. If you remember, the first two years that we were here were, were rough. They were rough. You know, we worked through that. And uh, there was a time at NDSU, uh, people didn't see, there was a three and eight year in there. And so you're going to have some bumps like that. But I want to say, you know, athletic directors now are not so much like Tom Berman, whether they're listening to outside, whatever, things like this. I think Tom looks at the comprehensive package and says, okay, where are we at as a program? What are we doing? I made a commitment. I made a commitment that I was not going to, I wasn't, whenever I retire is going to be here. I made that commitment to Josh Allen. I made that commitment to our governors. Now, if you want to make a change, that's your prerogative, but I'm not going to be going. And and not to say that I had opportunities, but there was that window. I I knew that window was there. I mean, when we we were in the championship game, there was windows. And there were even some opportunities during those bad years. I felt really comfortable being here. I'm a Wyoming cowboy, and this is where uh, I want to be. I think I'm unique. There's some of my colleagues that are out there probably see the same world the way I do. Coach Ferens is one of them. There's not, but typically what goes on is, is you're chasing after the next job. And I lived that as an assistant coach, and I saw it crash and burn. You know, if you're in a good place, yeah, you can maybe triple your salary, but you're going to be really unhappy and be at a place that you like that fits and you can feel like you have an opportunity to make an impact on other people so that's my choice welcome back into the show cody tucker joined by jared newland um that was a long clip two minutes and 19 seconds of craig bowl telling us essentially i've been loyal i'm a cowboy i want to be here i had opportunities to leave even in the rough first couple of years, uh, especially when we made it to the Mountain West title Gonna game. Going to need proof on that one. <laughs> uh, it, it seemed, Jared, like he was kind of handing out his resume, if you will, um, during the press conference on Monday. Uh, a lot of, you know, we did this, we accomplished that, I graduate my players, you know, yada, yada. And, which, fine. It's fine. Um, but sometimes when people do that, it doesn't end well. Yeah, it makes you wonder why they're doing it, I guess. Um, But he talked about his loyalty and how he promised Josh Allen and he promised the governors of the state of Wyoming that if he retires, he's going to retire here. However, he said, if it's not in my control, it's not in my control. A.K.A. if I get fired and and Berman moves on, uh, uh, no promises I'm retiring. 
hey, as an alum, as a fan, I'm very happy with what Craig has done at Wyoming. I am too. I, I, I'm, I'm very pleased. Yeah. Do we want more? Of course we do. Yes. And does Wyoming deserve a football championship? Yes, they do. Yeah. It's been 30 damn years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that was a tri-championship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. I know. 35 years since the outright championship. Yeah, they haven't won a championship outright 88. since I was five years old. Wow, you're young. Isn't that crazy? Thank you. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's just it's hard to think about, man. And it's and everything we we've said this before, but everything was aligned this year for it to happen too. Yeah. And especially what happened last weekend with the losses. It was all aligned. All aligned and you come out and lay an egg and give your opponent twenty one straight points on the road to a place you can't win. Um Man, like you said, it's the it's the one that got away. It really is, and the, and the Cowboys still do have something some things to play for, but not the ultimate goal. And that's what sucks. And I, what I liked about this team's approach is they were very mature. Uh, they are young, but they also have old pieces. Uh, and they weren't talking about championship. It wasn't like in 2021 where it's like championship or bust, we're kicking doors down, blah, blah, blah. This was a quiet confidence that I really liked. And I asked every player during during the offseason, like, something seems different. But now it did seem different at first. But since the second half in Air Force, at Air Force, something does seem different in a really bad way. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, in my column this week, if you haven't checked it out, it's it's Craig Bull, Wyoming football at a crossroads. You know, I really tried to break that thing down. Coach always says I look at things half half empty, glass half empty. So I looked at things half glass empty, and then I looked at things half glass full. Yeah, seven of ten years, bowl eligibility. Um, guys in the NFL um, winning the bronze boot. Seven of ten years, they've beaten Colorado State. Those are all things you want as a Wyoming fan. But in ten years, not a not a championship with, like I said before the break, a guy who's coming in with three diamond encrusted rings on his fingers from winning national championships and a dump like Fargo, and only one appearance in the championship. Game. Yes, I mean, would we be happier if it was four appearances in the championship games in ten years, and maybe they're one and three in those games? You know what? Yeah. I'd be much happier. Yeah. Because you're playing that one extra week in December. Yeah. Forgive me for saying Fargo's a dump, by the way. It's just freezing cold. It's just an ice box, flat, windy accents or hard. Humidity is never fun anytime, <laughs> but it's worse in the, in the wintertime than it is in the summertime. <laughs> that place is brutal. When you have a plug in in every parking spot, um, <laughs> something's wrong. Uh, I kind of want to go down this, Jared, and, and see if I'm missing anything here. When I put the glass half empty, Bulls 58 and 60 overall. We've always given him the mulligan because he had an absolute mess he inherited from Dave Christensen. Uh, those were two really rough years to start, and then COVID was a nightmare. Other than that, he has a winning record, but he's 35 and 41 in conference play overall. Um, this conference isn't that good to be six games, seven games under 500, six games under 500. It's just not. Uh, his teams have won eight regular season games just once. That was in 2016. Bulls been to just one Mountain West title game, as we mentioned. Wyoming lost. The Cowboys are in abysmal, his words, 19-41 and 41 away from Laramie, including bowl games. All four losses this year have come on the road. Bull is 1-9 against Boise State and winless against the Broncos on that famous blue turf in five tries. The Pokes were routed 32-7 to inside Albertson Stadium, I'm sure you all remember, in uh, late October. 
Wyoming's passing game since 2016, Josh Allen's sophomore season, has been among the nation's worst. This year, Andrew Peasley and company rank 123rd overall, averaging just 152.3 yards per game. Only seven teams are worse, including Iowa, Nebraska, Army, Navy, and Air Force. That's nothing new. Those aren't new, a new revelation. Wyoming's always down there with the likes of the academies who run the triple option. I actually had a fan write me this week and go, am I crazy? Should Wyoming just start running the triple option? Why not? (laughs) But then, you know what I responded to him? I said, you know what, this weekend I stood next to Ryan Yarborough, I stood next to Marcus Harris, and I did a quick little interview with Tanner Gentry. It's pretty hard for me to believe that the Wyoming freaking Cowboys can't throw a damn football. That's true. <laughs> it's it's the old-time thinking that it's his way or the highway. We're talking about Craig Bull, and he is so stubborn when it comes to that. Yeah. It's this pro We're going to pick offense. up a yard. Honestly, Jared, that's what kind of got me during this press conference was, you know, he he talked about how when our guys get to the NFL, like a Josh Allen, man, he's already taken snaps under center. He's made checks at the line. He's made protection checks, all that stuff. So he's ready for the NFL. And my rebuttal is, I don't care. Yeah, it's it's nice to see eight, nine guys playing on Sundays. Of course it is. We love seeing that. We love seeing their... When they're introduced on national TV, you know, Josh Allen, Wyoming, go Pokes, those kind of things. Yes, it's great, but like you said, I don't care if they're in the NFL or not. Yeah, I want to win college football conference championships, go to better bowl games, have that opportunity to go to that New Year's Day game. Yes. Josh Allen didn't win anything. Make $13 million for your school. Yes. 100%. And and then Craig stood behind the podium and he goes, you got these guys around the country that are doing the, like, clapping for a a shotgun snap. And if the guy's open, throw it to him. If not, run. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah. And you know what? You've lost 41 times. Okay, 35 times to passing teams like that. Yes. Lots of them. (laughs) Lots of them. On the road. Yeah. And (laughs) and why he always talks about how difficult this offense is and how intricate it is and the route trees and all that. Why? Why? He talked about Andrew Peasley last year and how hard it was to learn this new offense. Reel it in. Yeah. Dumb it down. What is wrong with clapping your hands and throwing it to the open guy? That's what it just it blew my mind. Because that's what they need. You, When you're thinking, you're not playing to your potential. And they're obviously thinking way too much. I was reading about what Wyoming will see in Hawaii in this run-and-gun offense run by Timmy Chang, which was ran by June Jones to absolute perfection on the islands. It's the wide receivers go out and they adjust to where your coverage is. In other words, they get open. And we saw that with Norm Chow and Lavelle Edwards. We saw some of that with, with Joe Tiller. We saw it in Houston all those years with Andre Ware. I mean, there's a reason. It works. And Craig has always said, when the snow's on the ground and we need a yard and we're playing Colorado State and War Memorial Stadium in November, by God, we're cowboy tough and we're getting that yard. Fresno State's going to get that yard. Guarantee to you, Jeff Tedford and Fresno State's going to get that yard on the ground. You can have it both ways. And it just, when you're thinking, you're not playing. And that's what is just... Every time we hear about this this complex pro-style offense, I just rip my hair out. I really do. And I'm just like, why? Why? Why does it need to be so hard? And no offense to Evan Sabota, yeah. but when he came in that to run that one play against UNLV, <sighs> he wasn't thinking. Nope, strike. They said, here's your play. Yep. Throw the strike. And boy, he did. Boy, Good boy, for did. him. Yeah. And then people are, 
why didn't they leave him in? Why didn't they leave him? Well, Andrew didn't, he wasn't hurt. Yeah. He didn't lose his spot on the field because he did something stupid or was hurt or just was yanked. It's a helmet coming off, folks. Yeah. He has the right to go back in the next play. I will say from the sideline, you could tell from the press box, Andrew P- or uh, Evan Svoboda was warming up after the th- Cowboys' third three and out. He or Actually, they had the strip sack on the second mm-hmm. drive and then a three and out. Evan Svoboda was warming up to go in. Then Peasley came in because the Cowboys got a turnover, and then he ran that touchdown 32 yards down the sideline. I get it, man. It's hard to yank a dude that you see put in the blood, sweat, and tears. It's a six-year guy who's worked so hard, and and this team loves him so much. It's hard. It would be a really hard position to be in. And people asking for Evan to play these last two games or even start these last two I games. Know. You can't do that to a no. six-year guy that no. has transferred in, a leader of this team that everybody absolutely loves. One, on and team. he's won a lot more games than he's lost. Yes, and he's he's going to be just fine in a game against Hawaii, yeah. and I truly believe he's going to be just fine in a game against Nevada. Yeah. Now, would we like to see Evan have some series? Absolutely. Of course we Absolutely. would. Let's, see, let's, let's open it up. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. And then, But the Cowboys, as a team, have to put themselves in the position to allow Evan to come into the game. No question. No question. You know what? Um, I wasn't going to go here yet, but I want to go to this. I have some audio from Andrew Peasley, and something I love about it. After the game, he walked up to the podium and said, oh, man, you guys are the last people I want to talk to right now. Granted, yeah. I mean, he just lost an emotional game. He's not happy. He knows that interception was so unbelievably crucial, and he knew he was going to be asked about it. So he talked to us, respectful as always, great answers as always. And then at the end, he said, unprompted, just gave a little speech. And here it is. I just want to say that, uh, you know, this team's had a lot of up and downs, but whatever people say about us, you know, we'll always stick together. This is a, a true unit of a team. And I know it sucks for the fans that, you know, we're 0 4 on the road, but, you know, we, we do care a lot and we put in our a lot of efforts towards this. So you can say what you want about me. You can say what you want about this team, but we'll always stick by each other's side. So thank you guys. Thank you. That's why we rally around this man. I love everything about that speech, telling the fans we're sorry we're 0-4 on the road. We're just as bummed as you are, even though you know darn well they're more bummed than anyone. But my favorite part was at the end, you can hear Wyatt Whelan, who hardly said a word during that press conference. He literally said, that's why we rally around this man. That says it all. Really does. That's why Andrew Peasley not only will not be benched these next two games, he shouldn't be benched. And let's be real, there's plenty of blame to go around for this this uh, three out of four game stretch that's been such a disaster. And Frank Crum would be the first guy to tell you that he needs to play better. Absolutely, and he did. He did tell me that. There were some plays against UNLV that I was shocked that Frank allowed happen. Yeah. Because that's just not the Frank Crum, the leader, the six-year guy that we've seen all year long. Well, and how about Nafoa Fiatulafono? I mean, when a snap is down at your feet, that screws up the entire play. And he told Craig his hand was sweaty. Um, you got to rectify that. You, you got to get the snap back to the quarterback right in his gut. You have to. And then he gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> does leave the game for a while. comes back in. And he did rectify it for the most part. Yeah. But yeah, you, once, twice, maybe. Yeah. It was time and time and time again. That throws off the timing of everything, yeah. especially in a really difficult offense where you have to be have to have your head downfield. You know, you don't know some guys open. You're waiting for guys to come open. 
Um, I want to finish this one off. The the glass half full approach, uh, what I'm looking at as far as Craig Bowles' career at the University of Wyoming. As we discussed, he inherited an absolute mess from Dave Christensen's regime. Uh, didn't get Brett Smith back. We always wonder what that first year would have been like if Brett Smith came back. And I'm sure Brett Smith is the first one to think about what if I came back. Not only were they playing Oregon, he would have taken snaps under center. He would have got himself more NFL ready than than he clearly wasn't. Um, so he, he finished two and four also in 2020 during the pandemic outside of those three seasons, bowl is 50 and 38 overall and 29 and 25 in the league play. Acceptable. Very acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Acceptable. 12 games over 500, four games over 500 in the league. Could be better, but totally acceptable. Cowboys have been really solid at home under Craig 39 and 19. Um, they're 20 and six in Laramie since 2019. It has truly become a really tough place to play again. They've won all six this year. They have a chance to get number seven against Hawaii on uh, today. Uh, UW has been bowl eligible in seven of bowls, 10 seasons or three and two in the postseason overall. There are currently nine former Cowboys on active NFL rosters, seven of which that were coached by bowl. Um, Wyoming's own the border war rivalry with Colorado state winning seven of 10, uh, aside from this season, mainly due to injury, the Cowboys have been one of the top rushing teams in the nation. And last but not least, no other coach in program history has lasted nine-plus seasons in Laramie. So there's your reasons. its I don't know if I missed any. If I did, feel free to chime in. Um, there are tons of positives and there are tons of negatives, but the big one at the top is no Mountain West Championships. And that's got to be the big one, especially with the with the playoffs expanding to twelve teams. It has to be because there's so much money on the line anymore in this yeah. sport that if if somehow you can make that playoff, yeah, I mean that could set your budget for years to yep. come, no doubt, in a place like this. Yeah, well, and who knows what the future is going to hold? I mean, look at. Could Wyoming be on the outside looking in when all this craziness goes down with the Pac-12? Right now it says you will bring all members and you will not poach. Uh, you know, what if they say, oh, it's only $10 bucks to poach a few teams? I, I, just, I still go back to Wyoming was in the beginning of the WAC, yep. beginning of the Mountain West. They are a – they're stable. And name me one more – a more solid fan base – in the Mountain West that actually travels. And in all honesty, the facilities are as nice as anybody's. The facilities, the Cowboy Joe Club is the biggest booster club in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Numbers-wise. Numbers-wise. there's Not not the amount of money. Right. But but still. Numbers-wise in the least populated state in the United States. Everybody knows that they travel well to away games, which I'm irritated by because sometimes those folks never come to a home game, but they'll go to road games. Yes. They do travel well to postseason Yep. If it's a bowl game or a tournament, which is great, yep. that those are all big factors. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but they have to. Like this year's home attendance is going to be, I think, probably the best ever. It is yeah. seven games, seven games. Yeah, and there's been other seasons with seven games, but I mean, having twenty twenty eight thousand there against CSU on a Friday night, during, that just goes to show you right there during high school playoffs. Too. Yeah, that just goes to show you right there. The fans are ready to even. Take it to the next level. No doubt. No doubt about it. But the team on the field has to also be ready to take it to the next level. Yeah. No, and I and I wish they, I don't know, maybe they have these metrics, but uh, I was on a radio show earlier this week in, uh, in Honolulu telling them the reasons Wyoming should be on board with a 
potential future merger. And people don't realize outside of Wyoming, I think that um, a lot of that Denver market belongs to the Wyoming Cowboys. Uh, most of our alums live in on the front range. And even even other fans, they like tuning in and watching. Yeah. Mountain West games and one of their favorites and you hear it all the time oh when I'm not rooting for my team I root for Wyoming because yeah. I really like the fans like the blue collar attitude things like that the logo yeah. the colors yeah. so national sports people say oh I just love that that uni is one of the best out there exactly so exactly yeah I don't know I mean there's a million reasons the Cowboys should be involved in, in any kind of merger no doubt about it um, you know I think about too uh, in the Mountain West college towns in general Logan, Laramie, and I don't even know if Fort Collins is a college town anymore. I just don't even want to talk about that team down south. Maybe but, Fresno. But you think about Corvallis yeah. and Pullman. Perfect. Those are towns. perfect college towns. That's why they fit so perfectly. And that's why throughout all of this talk starting 10 years ago, yeah. those two schools fit the best with, with the Mountain West. No question. Well, maybe we should talk about the team the Wyoming Cowboys are playing today. I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I, uh, you know, the the transfer portal's opening in December, signing early signing days in December, and Craig Bull and Tom Berman have a huge, huge uh, decision to make probably in December, either before the bowl game or right after the bowl game, wherever that is. Um, but the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, wouldn't you know it, they're coming in uh, red hot. <laughs> Isn't that just fitting? Um, playing really good ball right now. They're not turning it over, and they're getting turnovers. And you know what? They are plus six in the last two games, which are wins at Reno and a win over a stunner over Air Force on the islands. They're a plus six in those games in the turnover margin. They're still minus 10 overall. So if you're looking for why they're four and seven overall, uh, there it is. And the damn weather's actually cooperating for the <laughs> of course for Hawaii today. You know, I mean, what's is. going on with that? Of course, you think is. November 18th in Laramie, it's going to be you know in 20s, maybe some flurries, yep. cloudy sky. No, not today. Not today. No. Hawaii though has shown they can come in here and play. I mean, remember that game against Brett Smith? That was an absolute shootout. It was freezing cold, final game of the year. Uh, they've come in a couple times and. Uh, I don't know. Hawaii acts like they're okay here. The last time I saw them looking miserable was 1996. And they were miserable that day. 66 nothing. It was hot. And they were all sucking on oxygen. And they were hating life. And they didn't cross the 50-yard line one time. The altitude factor is not what it once was. Because these guys are in such better shape than they used to be. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's and, and they, they prepare differently. There's so much science out there on how they prepare for it. And I think a lot of it's mental. Yeah. And uh, under a, under a thirty six hour period, a lot of it's mental anyway. Well, and they got here on Tuesday anyway. Hawaii's been here. Um, you know they're they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. They're Tuesday, yeah, must be nice to have that kind of athletic budget, huh? Uh, the other thing the Rainbow Warriors are doing, they've averaged twenty seven points per game in the last two. Uh, Braden Shager, their quarterback, he has a hell of an arm. He's a really good player. A uh, little bit of a gunslinger. He's thrown twelve interceptions, but. Uh, He's thrown for 379 yards and four touchdowns during this streak and hasn't tossed a single interception. Uh, he now has 24 touchdowns on the year. Um, he's been picked off 12 times, like we said, in the first nine games, including a pair of three interception performances. Uh, but now he's starting to find these playmakers, McBride and Ashlock, in these two wins uh, over the Wolfpack and Falcons. 30 catches for these two for 260 yards and four touchdowns. All those scores belong to Ashlock. 
the Cowboys have faced Eric McAllister. They've faced Torrey Horton. They faced Ricky White last week at UNLV. Now they get Stephen McBride and Pofeli Ashlock, and these are two really, really prolific uh, wide receivers. Yeah, I I still think that Wyoming today is going to come out guns a-blazing. Defense is going to play their asses off. Wyoming wins by double digits. I am not as confident. Um, I do think they're going to win. I think they're going to find a way, but I still have PTSD from Hawaii hitting a uh, Hail Mary at halftime en route to an absolute bloodbath in 2021. I think it'll be close. Hawaii's playing good ball. Let's just not see Cam Stone get an interception today, please. No, that would that'd be one of the worst things to happen. As you all remember, he was wearing a Wyoming uniform yep. a year ago. All right, we got the Cowboys. Let's see if they can end this uh, home streak unbeaten. 33-17, Pope. I'm going to go 24-19, something like that. I don't even know if that was my official pick. <laughs> this has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. This show was also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next right here on KOWB. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.